chapter number three, one verse. It's good to have Brittany and Emma Watson. Thank you for being here today. Amen. Uh, Philippians chapter number three. And verse number 13, page 1260 in a Stofield King James Bible. Philippians chapter number 3, verse 13. Everybody got your place? Let's read that together. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before Again, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, continuing demands one thing. Let's go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us. Um, Brother David Buchanan, how about you praying? Amen. You can be seated. Our theme this year is continuing to renew. And at the beginning of every year, it is a time to reflect, to evaluate, time to recommit, time to refocus, time to renew some things. But yet, if we continue to renew those things... There's one thing that continuing demands. I love it as we make resolutions. I read this this week. Top ten resolutions. See how you're doing. To get out of debt and save money. That's a good one. To lose weight. You've been doing that for 25 years. That hasn't worked very well. Develop a healthy habit. Exercise for healthy eating. Get organized. Develop a new skill or talent. Spend more time with the family and friends. That's a good one. Others. Well, that's a real good one. Work less and play more. No, some of you need to work more and play less. Break an unhealthy habit like smoking, overeating. Amen. And change employment. No, some of you change jobs like changing shirts. I don't know about that one. But as we continue to renew in 2018, continuing will demand something of every one of us if we continue this year. And that is putting the past behind us. Philippians says, forgetting this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Past can be a dear friend to inspire us. Praise God, I'm glad we all know and remember the day Jesus saved us. Well, that's a good thing to remember. 
Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, by, for by strength of hand of the Lord brought you out of this place. There shall no leaven be, bread be uh, eaten. He, he said, I want you to remember when God brought you out of bondage when God saved you. But past can be a terrible enemy. I believe there are churches filled with spiritual cripples and paralyzed Christians and that hold grudges and bitterness and, and unforgiveness and, and literally just will not continue until they deal with that thing. They, they stop in their growth. They go no further because God will always demand that they forget in those things behind. Now, Paul doesn't identify what these things were. And I'm sure the list could be made much larger than the one I've made, but allow me this morning to share with you three things that I'm certain of that we've got to leave behind. And continuing, to continue, demands this one thing I do, Paul said. First of all, we need to put in our past sins behind us. Boy, past sins can be a ball and chain to the present and to the future. The devil loves to throw our past in our face and depress and discourage us and derail us if he possibly and defeat us if he possibly can. We he comes and rattles the, the skeletons in our closet often just to torment us and say these past sins that haunt us. Oh, you say, but, but preacher, um, I, I, you, you'd be amazed. You would be absolutely amazed at Christian believers, the saved, the washed in the blood, but yet a honey by past sins. A Christian girl had a young man who had been asking her to date her. He was not a Christian. She had turned him down on several occasions. He asked her again, wanting her to go to a rock concert with him. As before, she said no. And in kind of a mocking aspiration, he said, what do you do for fun? You don't dance, you don't drink, you don't attend rock concerts. What do you do for fun? Here was a reply. For fun, I get up in the morning without feeling embarrassed, ashamed, and guilty about what I did the night before. Amen? I like that. I like that. Boy, for many people, their past sins haunt them. For some, they're embarrassed or shamed and haunted by the feeling of guilt by something they did in their past. Oh, let me just say, now, now look at me or me now. Ain't none of us got on halos this morning, I don't think. If you do, you need to take it off. Because all sin, all sin comes short of the glory of God. Amen. After the massacre of the Huguenots and this, on St. Bartholomew Day, August 24th, 1572, Charles Knight, 
the night of France was ordered to murder thousands of French Christians. And one of the things that history uh, tells us, he never got over that. He said to his physician, I don't know what ails me. My whole frame seems to be in a fever. I see nothing around me but the hideous faces covered with blood. At night he would wake up screaming of those who were slain. And over time it got so bad it literally drove him crazy. Many are haunted by their past sins. Paul said if you continue it demands one thing. We've got to put behind us past sins. Oh, dear Christian, if God has forgiven you, forgive yourself and move on. Amen. I said, if God has forgiven you, forgive yourself and move on for the glory of God. He said, we have to, the sins that haunt us, then the past sins that hinder us. There is what's called a post-abortion syndrome. They tell me that it speaks of a psychological consequences of guilt, depression that follow those who have an abortion. They have recorded that there's an inner voice that says, you are defective. How could you have done this thing? You're a desperately wicked person and are hindered by past sins. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad God forgives. I'm glad this morning, I've said this before, there's no closet spotless. I, 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 that's one thing I despise about this political arena. They dig out every bit of junk of somebody's past for years gone by, and the truth is we'll, we'll celebrate that when you couldn't handle them getting in your past, my past. We've all got skeletons in a closet. You don't mess in my clothes, I don't mess in yours, amen. But all we got to get past, we got to look past. The devil is a master at throwing our past in our faces. Revelation 12, 10 says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. One thing you need to understand, Satan is accusing you and I before God every day. Do you see what they've done? God, did you see what they've done? God's reply is, well, praise God, all I see is the blood's been applied and they've been forgiven. That's all I see, amen. But we sometimes, we're hindered There are people who feel they could never be used for God for what they have done. Their past sins hone them and hinder them from being all they could be for God today. If you're honed and hindered by your past, let me me share with you what Adrian Rogers said. Adrian Rogers said this, Failure need not be final and failures need not be fatal. Failures need not be final and failures need not be fatal. We've all failed God somewhere along the way. We've all done stupid things. 
what's sad is some are still doing stupid things. But we've all done stupid things. We've all done things that if God plastered them on the back wall, we'd run out to church ashamed. Praise God if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Praise God. He forgives our sin. Boy, many are haunted by the past sins. Paul said, continuing, demands one thing. It demands it. Putting that past behind you. Second, well, we need to do this. Well, I love this. I, I, I found this in 1947. Corey Timboom went to Germany, to Holland, to a defeated Germany, where they imprisoned her. And her message was forgiveness. And it was a truth that needed to, they needed to, most to hear that bitter, uh, bombed out land. And she said this, when I confess, when we confess our sins, God cast them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. Then God places a sign out there that says, no fishing allowed. Amen. Failure need not be final. Failure need not be fatal. Number one, we need to put in our past sins behind us. Number two, we put in our past the sorrows behind us. I'm just going to be about as blunt as I can be now. Probably blunter than some of you can handle. We've all been done wrong. We've all been shafted. We've all been mistreated. Get over yourself. Just get over yourself. We've all been not treated right. We've all been taken advantage of. We've all been charged too much at the grocery store. Amen. And I continue to get doing it and we continue to go. We've all been not, 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 not treated right. Oh, if you live, boy, I'm, I've lived uh, 25 years of ministry. I, I mean, there's people out there that start lying on you. We was trying to fight the liquor crowd down here in Rodez. That crowd down there said a preacher up out that church. He's, he's rolling them in in wheelchairs to vote us out. I didn't roll in anybody, amen. I mean, a lie. There, there are no limits to what people will do. And, and we need to understand something. You go, you, can I, can I help you? If you continue, some of you will have to get over your little petty feelings and grow up. Well, you, I mean, you walk around the feelings hurt today. My Lord, I get my feelings hurt every time I get a light bill. It hurts my feelings bad. I'm telling you, we, we all, we all have past sorrows. And you gotta put them in the past to continue. I, I mean, if not, they'll, they'll just beat you to death. 
Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Things that happened in the past. I, I'm, I'm amazed. Boy, we've, we've been married going on 43 years. Amen. And I know some of you think I've been a perfect husband, but I'm not. Amen. It hurts me when you laugh like that. It really does. You think I've been perfect, but I'm not. Boy, I tell you, if you knew what she knew about me, Lord, I don't know where you'd want me to be your pastor or not. If I knew what your wife knew about you, sir, I wouldn't know. Wouldn't you, I'd wonder why wouldn't you be a member? <laughs> Truth of the matter is, and yet people will hang over one another's head. I, I think twenty years ago, twenty years. Well, we got to put past sorrows in a past. Number one, cleanse your heart from past sorrows. Because if you do that, if you do that, it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. And that's, and, and, and repeat after me one word. Forgive. Forgive. You realize when God saved me, boy, He forgave me, washed all my sins away. And you know what? Since I've been saved, He has forgiven me over and over and over. I'll be honest with you. Now, He chastises me because I'm one of His youngins, but He forgives me. I love this. Boy, years ago, and uh, I'd done something I wasn't supposed to. And um, wound up in the hospital. And i, I tell you what it was. That you, you, you won't confess. I, I, I stole a motorcycle. And I wrecked it. And boy, it just messed me up. Looked like a charboard burger and knocked my teeth out. And I mean, it just is a mess. My mama come in there, she, she just ran and ran. Boy, I love this. I'll never forget it as long as I live. My daddy walked in and said, Mom, shut up! He knows what he's done wrong. And I'll never forget. He said, Son, I'm going to trade on my insurance, but you're going to pay the deductible. And I did. And he said, no more needs to be said. You know, that's what God does. Boy, my past, boy, my past comes along with sorrows. God comes along and I say, God, I, I, I really messed up. The Bible says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Boy, he says, He said, I've forgiven you. That means when others wronged me. One time I had a man. He was pretty well to do. He, he got sideways and wrote me three letters. And, uh, boy, I stood over them letters. And, uh, when I wanted to get mad, I'd read them again. And uh, I'd get stewing again all over. Boy, what a blessed day it was. God moved my heart and He said, What are you doing? I've forgiven you. 
Why don't you turn that mess loose and forgive him? He said, by the way, get your pair of scissors out and cut them letters up. He said, be done with that. Be done with it. Why well, I tell you what, you know what do some of you well to do? Some of you do well. Realize, now, by the way, if you have been forgiven, I, I said, if you have been forgiven and you're saved and washed in the blood and born again, there is not a person God doesn't obligate you to forgive. Now, if you can't forgive, then I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. He'll save you today and He'll forgive you. Because you can't exercise forgiveness unless you know what forgiveness is. Well, I'm glad that God forgives. Number one, cleanse your heart, Pastor. Then clear your heart out of Pastor. Turn it loose. Charles Tinley wrote, leave it there. Thirst stands and goes when your enemies assail you and your heart begins to fail. Don't forget that God in heaven answers prayers. He will make a way for you, will lead you safely through. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. He writes, then he, the refrain, leave it there, leave it there. Take your hurts, take your sorrows, take what's been wrong to you, to the Lord and leave it there and move on for the glory of God. Continuing will demand that you put in the past those sorrows. And we all have sorrows. Second Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down imaginations. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me tell you what happens. You get up, you, you hang on to them sorrows. Then the devil starts taking your imagination and running wild with it. You'll be like the feller. He ran out of gas. He was hot. He had to walk a mile to the, to the gas station. He's walking. Devil said, boy, I tell you, he'll know you're out of gas when you get there. And he knows he'll charge you twice what the gas is worth. By the time he got there, he walked up to the man and slugged him right between the eyes. Why? Because of that imagination. I'm going to help some of you. I'm going to really help some of you. I really want to help some of you. The Bible says that if you, somebody wrongs you, it, it, it cannot be a wrong unless it is a mouth of two witnesses. A person cannot be condemned unless you got two witnesses. Well, they help you, amen. Casting down imagination, putting our past sins behind us. Oh, putting our past sorrows behind us. And we've all been done wrong. I'm not condoning it. If you're doing the one doing the wrong, shame on you. Quit it. But somewhere, we got to put the past. Lord, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I visit people. Why, why ain't you interested? Why well, I got hurt? You got hurt, okay. Well, how long ago was that? 25 years ago? What? You've been out of the will of God, laying out of church, probably robbing God, 
because of a heart 25 years ago? Wow! Wow! I refuse to live with past sorrows. I mean, boy, I've done some stupid stuff. You would not believe. I bought a truck one time. God, I hate that thing. I thought, I, I, and, and, I, and I thought many times, but you know what? I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to live there. I, I'm just refused to live there. And, and it'll kill you. It'll kill you to live and pass. And you cannot continue. Continuing demands that forgetting those things behind. Boy, that sometimes we just got to cleanse our heart and clear our heart. How do you know you got past sorrows? You talk about them to everybody that listen. You talk about them to everybody that listen. Well, I tell you what, let me tell you, I, I, I got wronged on this job and no, 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 This person wronged me. No, 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 you talk about it. So you stop continuing. You get stuck about where you're at. Third thing. Put in our past successes behind us. That sounds strange. Well, it's not. Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Real success is doing that which will last throughout eternity. Jim Elliot said, A man is no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. Just as we need to put past sins and past sorrows behind us, we need to put past successes behind us. Let me give you three things to do with successes. Number one, celebrate what has been done. Praise God for every person that's been saved. Praise Him for reaching people for Christ and enlarging the kingdom of God. Praise Him for what He's done and accomplished. Praise Him for every blessing He's given you in 2017. Praise Him for the people He's allowed to cross your path. Celebrate what He has done. Question, has God done anything for you in 2017? Has God done anything for you? Has He? Celebrate that. Praise God. He's added people in our church. He's done so much in our church. And we need to celebrate that. Make much of it. Need to make much of it. Number two, anticipate what can be done. When architect Frank Wright was... 83. And uh, he asked, which work 
would he choose as his masterpiece? Now, I love his answer. The next one. The next one. See, I'm glad for what God has done. But I'm excited about what God is going to do. I, I'm going to be honest. As we, as we come into 2018, many of you are more excited about your job than anticipating what God Almighty can do for you. When's the last time you got excited about God? When's the last time you got excited, anticipating what God will do with you, through you, and, and, and in you in 2018? We need to anticipate what God can do. I believe we should, we should enter this next year with a great anticipation. I don't want to live in my past. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the past. I'm thankful for the movement of God. I'm thankful for the hand of God. I'm thankful for how He provided. But I, I tell you what, I'm wondering what He's going to do today, what He's going to do tomorrow, next week. I'm looking for Him to do more, greater, mightier things than He's ever done. Anticipating what He's going to do. This year, you'd be amazed. You would be amazed. If I could give you this, I would. You would be amazed at what God would do with you, through you, in you, out of you, if you just surrender yourself to Him. Some of you need to give God your job. Say, God, here it is. Some of you need to give God your business. Mr. DeCoster owns the largest chicken farms in up north there is. Some of the largest. And he called a preacher. He said, I, I want to do something for the church. I love this. And preacher hung up thinking he's just going to be, he's got a couple little chicken houses on the back and just a few dollars. Anyway, he donated half a million dollars. And he called him back, got to talking to him. He said, I hear you're on chicken business. He said, no. He said, no, I don't own chicken business. He said, you don't? He said, no. He said, that's the Lord's business. I just run it. He said, preacher, I've learned a long time ago that God didn't let the, the price of the eggs go up or come down. It's his business. I, I, just, I just gather them. He said, I just, I just run it for him. He gives me the privilege of money. He even lets me put my name on, on the cart. But he said, he said, it's God's business. And he said, so he controls the price of the eggs and whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do, how he wants to do. You know what you do good well to do? You do well this year. Give that business to the Lord. You do well to give you surrender your life to the Lord. Anticipate what he can do. Each of us should ask God this coming year, uh, one of the grace, uh, what would he have us to do to be a part of his growth? Each of us should, should ask God, let us win one person to Jesus this year.
What a play. William Carey said this, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. I have in the fly leaf of my Bible, I put this first of the year. God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to Him. God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to Him. Then number three. Well, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for, for they should be filled. Number, number three, this is what we do. We need to elevate what is done, what should be done for the glory of God. We need to elevate that. I'm talking about continuing. Demands one thing. We need to put our successes in behind us. And we need to reach forth those things ahead. And we need to elevate what we're doing. Now, I want you to listen. This is really the thrust of the message. If you don't get it, none of the rest of it, please listen to this part. Because some of you need to hear this. Number one. Three ways we can elevate. Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Three ways we can elevate what we do for the glory of God. Number one, commitment. Quit dating the church and make a commitment. I was thinking about a young man. Comes around, son. Been dating poor little gal for probably eight, nine years. And he's never made a commitment. He won't make a commitment. He just dates her. Just dates her. Me and Darlene date a while. There come a time when she wanted more than a date. She wanted a commitment. And that commitment's been made for 43 years. And it was a good day when I quit dating her and made the commitment. Many of you need to quit dating the church. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you come. I'm very thankful for you. I really am. But there comes a time when we just need to make a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost commitment. James 1.8 says this, A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The Bible says this, Ecclesiastes 9.10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. God saying this, You ain't got but one life to make a commitment and you ought to commit to the things of God. And because when you get to the grave, there ain't no more opportunity to be committed. But if there's anything that's going to, that's going to help you, many of you, I love you, I, I really do, I love you. You've come to me and you said, Preacher, I want to grow in the things of God. Okay, I'm going to help you. He says, number one thing you do, be here, be committed. Be committed on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Be committed. If you want to grow in the things of God, be committed. Be committed. Be committed. All right? Be committed. Be committed. 
Brother Joey, if you come here, be sure, man. God, God cannot use up and down, hot and cold, on and off, sporadic Christians. If there is going to be, if you want to be used by God continuing, there has to be a commitment. We need to be committed. I I don't know of anything greater. You know, I was thinking this Wednesday night. It's sad. Don't ask ask me because I won't tell you. But on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, with the weather, I can tell you about who's not going to be there. That's sad. That's sad. If you work your job with the same commitment that you give the Lord, would they keep you hired? Would they fire you Monday? Boy, there needs to be a commitment. Somewhere, somewhere, you say, well, I love the Lord. Okay, there needs to be a commitment. Number two, there needs to be consistency. Are you someone who can be counted on? 2 Timothy 2, 2. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. There needs to be a consistency. If you continue, you need to put behind you the successes and the way you do that and reaching forth to those things ahead, you need to be consistent. That means being Christian on Monday. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We, we will not put a Christian in the box and drag it down on Sunday. Young people, you need to be a Christian in school. Shame on you if you're not a Christian in school. We shouldn't be taking it on and putting it off according to the crowd we're around. Be a Christian. And then last of all, we will have compassion. The Bible says in Jude, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And some have compassion, making a difference. You know how you can continue reaching forth to those things ahead? is compassion. It is looking around you. Right now, Who's, who's, who, who are you leading? Hey, look down the pew where you're sitting. Who's following up behind you? Who's coming up behind you? Are you leading them to a closer walk with Christ? Or are you leading them away from Christ? Are you doing, are they? You, we, we, we're, we're blessed with the church. With all of these kids. Hey, look down the pew. And I'm going to ask you a question. Do you care? Do you care? Having compassion. 
Because we're taking them somewhere. We're leading them somewhere. We're leading them either to God or we're leading them to the world. Do you care? Some having compassion. That compassion is really caring about where I'm leading them. But continuing demands that we put in our past our sins, our sorrows, and our successes, and reach forward to those things ahead for the glory of God. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning,